I lived a life of partying, sexual morality, and drugs, and it didn't turn out so well. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Onlay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. And today we're going to talk about how someone's bad childhood can sometimes lead someone down a path that may be more destructive to that person's life. Now, before we continue, listener discretion is advised as some of the things we'll be talking about are for mature audiences only. Now, we will be interviewing Juan Ayala. He's a great guest, and he had a lot of turmoil in his life. He grew up being a victim of molestation and other dysfunctional patterns in his life, and he didn't know what to do with that pain. Now, later on in life, he discovered drugs as a means to cope, and he kept running into more trauma through that, and he had to go to prison for some bad decision-making as well. Now, he lived a life in and out of prisons, and when he wasn't in prison, he lived a lifestyle of lascivious living, drugs, parties, and even bisexual sex. But one day, check it out, God changed it all. And so you guys are about to hear a wild testimony. So get ready. Juan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hi. Juan, yes, it is awesome having you on our show, man, because honestly, you're going to be talking about a tough thing here that you're like a man's man, you're a tough guy, but at the same time, there were things that were out of your control that happened to you when you were younger. Tell me a little bit about your past life. What happened when you were younger that really started this really skewed pattern of lifestyle for you? Well, coming from a small town in Ohio where cornfields were every direction around me, mm. I had a stay-at-home mom. She was also subjected to physical abuse. I had an abusive oh. father, physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive. In oh. extreme poverty, I remember we were hungry all the time. Wow. Mostly unsupervised and neglected. Okay. I was molested by my uncle early on who lives next door. Oh, man. When my parents made it out of the driveway, it's like he was just waiting on that. He would come over. And at first, he would just put porn in or something. Pornography wasn't at my house, but it was next door. Mm. My cousins were also subjected to this, and we enacted incest with one another when our parents were not around. One, that's crazy. Yeah. These are my earliest childhood memories, yeah. So when you're like a young man, you have your uncle come over and he shows you porn before the molestation started. Is that correct? Yes. Oh my gosh. And so how did this molestation experience change your life? What kind of wrong desires did it inject into your life? Well, at a very young age, I had developed that same sex attraction and uh, hidden desires oh. to repeat that abuse, you know, and to have sex with other kids my age. That seed was planted in me from that, for sure. Wow. So you're younger and you're going through this and it births this desire in you. So how did this get involved with drugs when you were younger? How did you get involved with drugs and what did that do for you? Well, my first involvement with drugs was fishing with my dad. No way. Yeah, he always had weed around. From my earliest memories, he was a marijuana smoker. Mm. And we were fishing one day and he just passed me the joint. 
And it was the first time that I had any mind-altering chemicals. And that was the first time that I had used marijuana. Wow. And that just kind of matured throughout my lifetime from marijuana to lower tabs and street drugs and things, anything that was mind-altering. Because I had those hidden desires, those things that were created in me, when I tried meth out, it stimulated more sexual morality in my life. Wow. So basically, you were attracted to these drugs. Like, why do you think you were attracted to these drugs? Honestly, some people wonder that question. You know, what was the drugs doing for you at the time from your youth all the way to adulthood? It was an escape from the way that I was feeling. Hmm. It gave me a false sense of security, made me feel like everything was going to be okay because it just oh. put me in a different bubble, you know, right. uh, with all the things that were going on. So you were like in pain inside. I was. Like emotionally and like from the molestation, from the abuse at home, you're just like in your head and in your heart and your mind, you're just in pain all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always wanted to talk about the things that were happening, but I felt like I was really confused. Oh. You know, I had these secrets and then I had a father that was so rough and so abusive and stuff. There was no way I was ever going to talk to him about the things happening Damn. behind closed doors. You know, like my dad at that time when I was a kid, he didn't know that my uncle had been molesting me and he didn't know the things that I was doing with my cousins and the secrets that my dad didn't know that. Juan, man, I'm so sorry that, I mean, it's just so, it just kind of makes you mad, you know, when you hear about stuff like this. Because I mean, I understand you ended up getting into trouble and, you know, some of this started expressing itself in your life and you went to juvenile hall I understand that you were raped by a man there. So like chaos is breaking out in your life. What happened? Well, the facility was actually an adult facility where I was raped. Oh. I was in and out of juvenile hall. But when I was 15 years old, I committed an adult crime. Mm. I was under the influence of PCP. And to this day, the true story is that I don't even remember the crime wow. until they showed me in the court the crime. Damn. So because I was so young, I was certified as an adult. I got two years in and five years out. I didn't even have a mustache. I was 15. By the time that I pulled chains and was moved to prison, I turned 16. I just barely turned 16. Dang. I was roomed up with a lifer. Mm. And long story short, I was punched to submission and I was raped by this lifer. Oh, my god! To be honest with you, my experience, most long-term offenders become homosexual behind the fence, either openly or in the dark. Wow. But, you know, this was a forced rape on me. I was scared. You know, when this was over with, I raised my hands up, um, bleeding from below. I went straight Jeez. to the guard tower. I walked to the guard tower, hands up, guns drawn down on me because, you know, it's not supposed to approach the guard tower right. unless you're trying to escape or something. <laughs> and the truth about it is I caught out, which is a prison term of telling the officers in order to be in a safe place, you know, like catching out right. as a prison term. But I reported it and they transferred me to another prison. Wow, man. Now you think that would end all same sex attraction, but I understand that as you got older, you got into selling drugs, using them, but then you'd still have that same sex desire in your heart. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think that there's windows where it was pressed back Mm. But it was not something that I dealt with until later on. I see. You know, like uh, many years went before I was introduced to meth. All the time before that, I didn't have or let same-sex attraction take root. But when I used meth, mm. I would have heightened desires for anal sex and wasn't 
opposed to group sex. Right. Um, I realized wow. that definitely method opened up doors to masturbation, to self-pleasure, to isolating myself. Wow. I think, to be honest, and I know that there's probably a lot of people that can relate to this that are caught up in abuse and some molestation and stuff like that, that I felt inadequate. I felt ashamed mm. and I felt a lot of different things. And so what I did when I used methamphetamines, whenever I wasn't involved in group sex or sex with somebody on one night stand or whatever was happening, I isolated and I self-pleasured when I was under the influence. Wow, Juan, that is crazy. Let's stop there. And I want to have you on our next show to find out where this lifestyle led you to. So thanks so much for being open and like just real and raw, man. I really appreciate that. Most people would not share this stuff. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Yes, sir. Hold on. I want to dive deeper right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA. And that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it is a real struggle that Juan is going through in his life. I mean, he couldn't quite get over his past. His past so shaped his life into this like destructive lifestyle. He was molested as a young boy and you can see that trauma bleed right out into his addictions and lifestyle later on. And probably a lot of the influences of his past made him gravitate, you know, towards men and stuff. Unfortunately, he was looking for normal. When you look at it, do our past really play that much of an influence on our lives today? I would say yes. If you're raised with a good upbringing, you have a better chance at life. And if you've been raised with abuse, sexual, verbal, physical, whatever, it will become a stumbling block right from the start. I think if we all examined our lives, we could identify key markers of when we were younger, how certain things that happened shape some of our bad decisions today. And if we're really willing to look deeper into our past, we'll see that. Now, no one was raised perfectly. So how do we overcome past traumas or things that are designed to mess up our destiny for our lives? Is this even possible? Well, look closely at what ancient scriptures say in Isaiah 43.1. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. These are the words of God to his chosen people, Israel, who forsook God and ended up being in a bad situation because of the consequences of their own decisions. You can see God's heart in all of this, that his heart is to be a redeemer, to bring people back close to him. You see, oftentimes we can look at the traumatic things that happen in our lives and we can blame God as if it was he who allowed it or wanted it. But listen to this. If my kids 
aren't with me and they choose to be far away from my protection and then something happens, they can't blame me for not protecting them. I mean, I'm going to be brokenhearted about that. And unfortunately, this world is far away from God. But God in His mercy is calling us back to Him to redeem us. That means He will use or bring forth the true value in each one of us if we let Him. Let's look further into that scripture where it's written in Isaiah 43, 18-19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In this scripture, God is making a promise to do a new thing for the children of Israel. And I tell you what, if you have a past that's plagued you and you can't get over it, God wants to do a new thing. Yes, it doesn't matter how you were raised. God can bring rivers out of the desert and he can bring a river out of the desert of your past. Father God, right now, we come to you. And whatever it is in our past that has been such a hard stumbling block, we offer that up to you. We ask for that healing. We ask for the power to overcome this, Lord God. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name, and we want to follow you. Lead us into the new. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you have a testimony to share or know someone who does and would like to share it on our show, go to AwakeningTheNations.com and click Guest Audition on the top menu. See you next time.